What is going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Monday. News Talk 1110-993-WBT, 704-570-1110 and 1-800-WBT-1110. Pete Callender here. You can email me, Pete, at The Pete Callender Show. You can also hit me up on Twitter, at Pete Callender. I've tried to make it as uniform as possible. Um, yeah, I don't know what I would do if the show was called something else. But the high-stakes race for governor of Virginia, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, it's tomorrow. Uh, Just as a a full disclosure here, I do not predict election outcomes. I used to try my hand at it. My hand was not very good, so I've ceased trying it. Um, 2016 really did it. I'm I'm out. I'm done. That and jury trials. Don't predict those either. I'm just not good at it, you know? Just know your strengths. I I, I try to, you know... I try to display self-awareness here, and so uh, I'm not going to make any kind of prediction for tomorrow. And I'm also not going to say, if I can help it, it'll be interesting to see. That's just journalist speak for I don't have anything to say. Okay, when you hear, (laughs) it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yes, it will be interesting to see. Thank you for stating the obvious. I appreciate that. It might not be interesting also. May not be interested to me, like interesting to me. I may not care about that thing that you think is interesting. But interesting, eh. Uh, The high stakes race for governor of Virginia. Now in its final stretch, New York Times with a big story on it uh, running yesterday. Do we talk about the, uh, the headline here is both sides claiming momentum. So you got Glenn Youngkin and Terry McAuliffe and... I guess on the Yunkin team, that would be Mo Glentum. Is that what that would be? Mo Glentum? Or if you're in the McAuliffe camp, it would be Momentarium. I don't know. Neither one of those work really well. They try, you know, these campaigns, they try that stuff. It doesn't work, though, not in either of these uh, candidates' cases. But they're trading accusations of sowing division. You're the reason we're divided. No, you're the reason we're divided. No, you're the reason we are divided. Voters appear closely divided, though, over whether to return a Democrat to office or electing a Republican to lead the state for the first time in more than a decade. I don't know. I am kind of curious, like, are there any photos of Terry McAuliffe in blackface or dressed like a Klansman? Because that would really seal the deal and put him right back into office. That would be, uh, yeah, that, that would be the, the clincher, I think. Um, anyway, the size and atmosphere of dueling events during the last weekend of campaigning before Election Day on Tuesday reflected the trends in the most recent polls. Mr. Yunkin, the Republican candidate, greeted crowds of more than 1,000, while Mr. McAuliffe, the Democrat, hustled through sparsely attended events. From morning to night. <laughs> so he's, he's running around doing events and no one is showing up for them. So definitely not momentarium. Definitely not. No. We are substantially leading on the early vote, but we cannot take our foot off the gas. McAuliffe told a crowd. Really? A crowd? Your last paragraph right there seems to indicate it's not really a crowd. But uh, okay. Uh, well, what is a crowd? Is a crowd, what's a crowd, a dozen or more? I think you got to have dozens. I think that a crowd has to be 
at least 25 people. I think that's only fair, don't you? Because if you got a dozen, then it's a dozen people. If you got 20, then you could say scores. If you got 24, you can say dozens. But a crowd, I think that's 25 and above. Right? I think so. Uh, I would like some parameters here. So anyway, he tells this crowd that they cannot take their foot off the gas. It's one collective foot. It's a massive foot on a gas pedal going forward for the momentarium. And uh, he met with labor leaders who are planning to spend the day knocking on doors, uh, which I'm sure a lot of people are going to want to uh, have some conversations with labor leaders if those labor leaders include, you know, teachers union labor leaders. I think, yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. Absolutely. Go send some teachers union representatives to go knock on doors and stump for Terry McAuliffe. I like where this is heading. (laughs) McAuliffe and his allies take it as an encouraging sign that there's more than a million registered voters that have already cast their ballots. I went over this a couple of weeks ago. It was a, a different story, obviously, but this is what Democrats learned in Wisconsin during 2020 during the pandemic. Remember the Wisconsin election that was held early on in the pandemic and people were saying, you can't do that. People are going to die. So they redid the laws and they realized that Democrats are terrified of COVID and they have a gross misperception, wild misperception of the risks of catching it and dying from it. And so they're way more likely to vote by absentee ballot or vote by mail. Way more likely in this last election cycle. And so they used that knowledge. Republicans learned it too, but were not as quick to adapt in the presidential race. But this is what Wisconsin taught them. So they've already banked a million votes. Well, registered votes. I don't know how many of those are for Democrats, but there are already at 1.1 million votes out of the total uh, registered voter pool of 5.9 million. So one out of six voters has already voted in Virginia, okay? One out of six. It was clear in interviews with voters over the weekend that many Virginians view this election as something symbolically greater than a face-off between two candidates for governor. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. New York Times story on the momentum in the Virginia governor's race. Both sides claiming they've got it. Mo Glentum or Momentarium. The contest has exposed the country's persistent divisions over questions of race, class, privilege, and the appropriate role of government and become an outlet for Virginians to register their dissatisfaction with the political culture. There's a guy quoted here named Glenn Miller. He of the orchestra, I believe, a lawyer, actually, from McLean, Virginia. And uh, he's already been doxxed. Just be uh, just, you know, don't worry, everybody. He's already been doxxed, which in case you are unaware, doxxed is what all the young kids say when talking about uh, outing somebody's true identity, which admittedly is much easier when you have the guy's name and city in which he resides. But. Luckily enough, we've got the National Press Corps, those firefighters for truth, rushing into the blaze to let us know 
that Glenn Miller donated money to a whole bunch of Republicans over the last uh, 20 years or so, uh, but also a couple of Democrats as well, including Cory Booker. Glenn Miller said, quote, I'm a Hillary Biden voter. As he walked into a Yunkin rally in southern Fairfax County on Saturday night that drew more than a thousand people, he explained his tipping point, quote, Working from home and hearing his teenage uh, his teenage daughter's teacher make a comment during a virtual lesson about white men as modern day slaveholders. Hmm. Interesting. See, so he he self identified as a Hillary Biden voter, and therefore, when uh, people saw his name, they doxed him and found out. Ah, uh-uh, he's been donating money to Republicans. Here's his quote. There are a lot of people like me who are annoyed. He said, adding that he was able to vote for Mr. Yunkin because he did not associate him as a Trump Republican. Quote, my problem with Trump was I thought he was embarrassing. I just don't think Yunkin is going to embarrass me or the state. So that's how this guy is described and identified in the New York Times piece. Glenn Miller, a lawyer from McLean, Virginia. Just a he self-identified as a Hillary Biden voter, but he's given money over the last 15 years or so to mostly Republicans and Cory Booker. I looked at the the records that they pulled. So they doxed this guy to, to let everybody know he's not a Democrat. But isn't that the point, guys? Isn't that precisely the point? It's one of the things I had a discussion with some friends a couple of weekends ago. We were at a uh, Halloween party. I did not win for the best costume, uh, but my friend did actually. But um, we uh, we were having this discussion, and what what I was trying to impress upon him was that there are voters because there was somebody at the party that I said was they were a, uh, they voted for Obama twice and then Trump and. My friend kept saying, no, no, I know that person. They're a Republican. They're a Republican. And I said, you're missing my point, though. This is precisely the point. There are so many people that went for Obama and then went for Trump. Just like there are so many people, and I don't know how many, but there are a bunch of people that could not bring themselves to vote for Donald Trump. Because what does this guy say? By the way, I've now, this is what I have told two different assemblies of Republican groups. I said, uh, I said it to the young Republicans of Mecklenburg County last week. A couple of months back, I was up in, when I was still in Asheville, and I was addressing um, the Buncombe County Republican Party. I think it was, or the, uh, was it the county or was it the Blue Ridge Republican Women's Group? I forget which group I was speaking with. But I told them, that unaffiliated voters do not want to be embarrassed. And you can dismiss this piece of advice. It doesn't matter to me. Okay. And, and like I always tell like the Republican groups, when I go and I speak to them, I say like full disclosure, I'm not a registered Republican. (laughs) Okay. Haven't been one in 20 years. I was a registered libertarian. Then I got decertified. Well, the whole party did when they didn't get enough uh, votes for governor back in like 2000. So they decertified the party and I've been unaffiliated ever since. And that's fine because I've lived in 
Mecklenburg County and I've lived in Buncombe County, both counties predominantly Democrat. And so usually, like when I was in Charlotte before and as I am now, usually represented by Democrats. So it gives me the opportunity to go vote in their primaries and cause a little chaos, if you will. No, I kid, but not really. So I get to vote in whatever primary I want. And I get mailers from everybody. But I, full disclosure, I've never voted for a major party candidate for president ever. So I know what it's like to lose, okay? Like, I, in fact, I don't even know what it's like to win. <laughs> I, never, I don't know what it's like to have a candidate that I want to see win as president, win as president. Okay, I don't know what that's like. I also don't know what it's like uh, to think that I could win and then to lose the race. Right? I, I, I don't know what that's like because... I've literally always voted libertarian or uh, left it blank. That's my protest. So, and I know people are like, oh, you throw your vote away, whatever. I'm not having that argument with you. You get to vote who you want to support. It's your call. You get to vote however you choose, whatever rationalization you want to use, whatever justification is fine. So you can take all of this under advisement when I say unaffiliated voters do not want to be embarrassed by the person that they voted for. That's it. And Glenn Youngkin doesn't seem like he's going to embarrass them. He doesn't. And if you're repulsed by the things that Terry McAuliffe has said and done, if you're worried at all about the way the schools are being managed, about the lies that are being told, about the lessons you're hearing your kids coming home, having absorbed, um, or staying at home, learning virtually, absorbing virtually, right? If you have these types of concerns and you want to you want to stop that from happening, then you need to be able to vote for somebody that's not going to embarrass you if you are of the mushy middle, right? And that's what a lot of moderate Republicans are or unaffiliated. A lot of them are unaffiliated because they don't want to be part of any particular party because they get embarrassed when they go to the cocktail parties or they're hanging out at the PTA and they don't want to have to explain why didn't you vote for that person who just said grab him by the well whatever right like that's that's a reason may not be your reason it may not be a great reason but that's a reason I think we're going to see a lot of those types of voters actually in Virginia and oh my gosh wouldn't it be great wouldn't it be great to just to just smack down the Clinton machine. Oh, it would. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the 704 coat drives uh, going on. I uh, forgot to tell you, the Charlotte Mechanical folks and uh, we here at WBT teaming up for the 704 coat drive. And uh, if you got a new coat or if you got a, a like new coat, a gently used coat, don't give us your grubby coats. We want clean coats, nice coats. And uh, you can look up online for the collection barrels. If you want to make a monetary donation instead, you can do that at 704coatdrive.com. And the monetary donation goes to benefit the Salvation Army of Greater Charlotte. I I was driving in today, and I've talked about this fellow before. He's under the bridge, the I-77, the interstate bridge on Moorhead Street. 
I've apparently been misidentifying him as the Jesus saves guy. That's not the Jesus saves guy. He just apparently has a bunch of the Jesus saves guys, Jesus saves signs. Because he's got like, I don't know, half a dozen of these yellow signs with the black letters that say Jesus saves. And I got to tell you, like, I am impressed. I've seen some of those signs on telephone poles, and they're up there like 20 feet. I don't know how the actual Jesus saves guy or JSG, I don't know how JSG gets the signs all the way up there. That's impressive. I don't think Sam is doing it, by the way. Who's Sam? Sam is the Jesus saves guy. Okay, so Sam, I don't. You don't think Sam is climbing the poles? No, he's I, a he's a very large guy, from what I understand. Correct. Yeah, so he's not he's not scaling the telephone poles to do. It. Maybe he's got a really long stick. Yeah, like a you know the stapler, like when you open up the stapler and you can bam whack it on a wall, yeah. and then it staples. Maybe he's got some kind of device like that, but on a really long reaching stick, and then and he just puts it up there, bam. I mean, there's got to be a way to do that besides scaling up a pole, like climbing a coconut tree or something. He might have some hardware because I know Sam has, uh, he's got a bike and he rides through uptown and is yelling Jesus saves and he's got his signs and I think he hands them out. So Does he hand them out or does he sell them? Uh, hands them out. Okay. So maybe not Sam, but I-77 guy, maybe he just... Took a bunch of these because I saw, he had them in his shopping cart and he had them like for walls on the shopping cart, which is pretty smart. So this way stuff doesn't fall out the sides. I assume he probably had one underneath, right? But uh, the only reason I just I mention it now, I don't know how he has managed this, and I'm not kidding. He's got a sectional sofa. <laughs> Somebody I guess dropped him off a sectional sofa because he doesn't have a vehicle, as far as I can tell. He's under the bridge right there. Although there is that side street. So, but I've not said, but he's always there under the bridge on the sidewalk. And when I come into work, he's, he's sleeping and he was sleep. Like I know his routine. He's sleeping when I come into work. And then when I leave work, um, well, I mean, I just, these two points in time, he's awake when I leave work and he is either laying on the sidewalk on his back, scrolling through his phone or He's sitting on a bucket. I assume he's just sitting there. He seems to be fully clothed. Well, not fully clothed, because like when it was warm out, he was just wearing his shorts. And he'd sit there, and he was scrolling his phone. Um, one time I saw him picking up some trash around the area. And uh, But yeah, so today I drive in, and, I'm, and it looks like all compact. It's like, like there's a bunch of stuff on the sidewalk, but it's all in like this, like a neat, tidy square or rectangle i guess and i'm like oh no i guess they've they've come to to evict him from this spot under the uh under the bridge and that's when i saw no he's still there and the reason why it looks all tidy and square or rectangular is because he's got a sectional sofa on the sidewalk it's a pretty wide sidewalk but he's laying he's and so he is sleeping that's his schedule he's sleeping but he's sleeping on the sofa now I don't know how he scored a sofa, but maybe, he did. That's maybe impressive. Maybe he's got like the little like drawers underneath of the the sectional. Like now he's putting all his stuff. Like his under, stuff under the under the sofa. Yeah, that's possible. He's right next door to that that new pizza place, right? And I think there's housing all right there. So, like he could conceivably be living off of the the charity of 
everybody that's in that one building. They could be just supporting him. You know, because look, I've lived in apartments. People throw out all sorts of stuff, furniture. They just don't want to move it. So you just walk it down and give it to him. He's going to have a fully furnished bridge under under bridge. He's going to have a fully furnished domicile pretty soon. I wonder what the property value will be there. Yeah, it's just uh, it's impressive. I I am curious how because I saw like city workers out there too. I am curious like what's the like what are the protocols for that? What are the the city codes and such? I don't know. It's all, yeah. It's. I mean, it's a very. It's. It's city specific. I imagine if you're causing a nuisance, you know, then you're going to have more attention on you and maybe get the fuzz cold on you. Uh, but if you're not bothering anybody, and he doesn't seem to bother anybody, he just he. I've seen people walk around talking to him. I've seen him walking around. He waves at everybody. Seems nice enough. So, it's like wow, that's. But that is a first. I have never seen a sectional on a sidewalk as part of the, yeah, as part of living under a bridge like that on the side. I mean, it's all on the sidewalk. It's different. Like when you see the images that come out of like, you know, Los Angeles coming out of California. Oh, speaking of California. Well, cause it just like, it's just wide open. You know, it's like this big area underneath the bridge. I'm not talking about, this is like, this is like the sidewalk. And then there's one of those like concrete ramps that goes all the way up on a diagonal. So you can't, you can't, get up there's like a berm whatever that goes all the way up underneath he's got a whole bunch of stuff packed up in there too but anyway i mentioned california listen to this breaking news the academy of country music is going to be moving its encino california based headquarters to nashville tennessee next year the academy of country music to me the headline here is not that they're moving to nashville it's that they've been located in california what is the Nashville, <laughs> or what is the what is the country music, the Academy of Country Music? What are they even doing in California? What's up with that? the The Academy of Country Music, the ACM office, will be part of the Nashville Warehouse Company, a five point two acre campus located less than two miles south of downtown Nashville. My wife just went to uh, Florida with some friends for a. Uh, for a long weekend and some of the stickers that they're selling down there <laughs> are hilarious. Uh, well, yeah, there was one about, Oh man. What? Oh man. Well, one of them said in this, it was purely partisan, obviously, but it says, um, are you an American or are you a Democrat? That's <laughs> Then there was, yeah, there's one about Florida, and, and you've seen, the, you know, don't California my Texas, uh, you know, don't California my my North Carolina, like all of those types of stickers. So, yeah, there's a lot of fun. So that's that's interesting. So, look, just, well, I, I, I was going to say, just leave all of the employees back there in California. But, I don't know, it's the Academy of Country Music. I'm kind of thinking, like, Nashville might want them. News Talk 1110-993-WBT. That's Nirvana. Chris says, hello, Pete. Thanks to Vince Coakley. I now know Terry McAuliffe was on Meet the Press yesterday. But <laughs> I actually have a clip from him. Uh, my, mine's much shorter. Vince played uh, a longer version of it. Uh, well, here, I'll play it right now. 
Um, should that be left in the hands of the parents or should it be left to the school boards and others who do this every single day and focus on it? They would argue that and Bill is not saying As you saw in the crowd, about, everybody they, clapped when right, I said it. I understand that, but they would say... All right, everyone clapped when I said it. So it must be true. I said something, people applauded, and so what's the problem here? Jeb Bush smiles someplace. Question, Chris asks, was Glenn Youngkin on Meet the Press? Maybe Glenn didn't want to meet the press. I don't, I don't know if he was or was not, Chris. It's a fair question, though. Let me jump over here to Blake. Hello, Blake. Hey. Hey, what's up? What's going on? I've, seen, I've, I've been a witness to the Jesus Safe signs being installed. R- like the ones that are up on the telephone poles? That's right, yeah. He's got a, a, like a 14-foot uh, pole okay. with a slapstick on the end of it. I would not a slapstick, a slap uh, stapler gun. And he's got a little clip on the end of it that holds his sign, and just as soon as he—it's a staple gun—is what it initially is. Yeah. And slaps it on there one time, and then puts about ten or fifteen more staples in it. Bam, 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 bam. Yeah, I'm yeah. Impressed. So, in other words, what you're saying is that having no idea about this technology's existence, I accurately described it. It's like I'm from the future, is what you're saying. Correct. Yeah, that's you're, interesting. Nailed it right on the head. Interesting. Thank you, Blake. I appreciate it. All right. Hi, man. Thanks. Yeah, that's... I did not know I was from the future. I wonder if there are other ideas I have that could be... Clearly, you need to find out what the lottery numbers are. Yeah. It may just be invention-related, though. I have some ideas for these goggles. Swim goggles or whatever. Maybe you've seen them on the... uh... No, I'm kidding. That's... It's what keeps popping up on my Facebook feed and the Charlotte Observer story about the local people going to the shark tank and whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> dude, dude, dude. Oh, yeah, so that was the soundbite from Meet the Press. Chuck Todd with Terry McAuliffe. Terry McAuliffe doubling down on his comment that, like, I'm not sure who's advising him, but re- you're... Bang up work. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing what you're doing. Stay the course there. Keep telling parents that they shouldn't have any say in the education of their kids. I think it's a winning issue for you. New York Times story says he's got, uh, this is McAuliffe saying, Youngkin's got parents fighting parents. He's blaming Glenn Youngkin for the discord in our schools. This is the thing that kills me about the left. They push and they push, you know, forward is their battle cry, right? Always progress. Always got to keep moving forward. And then they attack people for the discord that arises after you've pushed and pushed and pushed people to, to upend cultural norms, right? To apply unique standards, to rewrite language on the fly. Just today is going to be different than yesterday. What are your pronouns now? Woe unto you that forgets them or messes them up. And then when people don't snap to immediately, they get a scolding, right? They're authoritarian scolds. This is what, this is what many people on the left are. And I'm not even so sure they realize it. Like you're the you're you're Nurse Ratchet. You realize that, right? You become Nurse Ratchet. 
Sorry, is that too old of a reference? One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? You should go check it out, kids. Seriously. Good movie. It's kind of old. I want my cigarettes. Okay. He's got parents fighting parents and parents fighting teachers. Yeah, that's, yeah, Glenn Youngkin did that. Yeah, Glenn, yeah. The Republican guy who's running for governor, he's the reason why parents are mad at schools. Mm hmm. He's turned our school boards into war zones. Now, remember, oh, sorry, I forgot to mention this because, in light of the comments that have been highlighted by our uh, oh so professional and unbiased political press corps in North Carolina, uh, regarding uh, the comments that were made by our lieutenant governor, just I feel the need to point this out that when the lieutenant governor or any Republican for that matter, when any Republican elected official gets a little too fire and brimstoney, you know, when they get a little too passionate, they get a little worked up with the rhetoric. Remember, those folks are to be taken literally, and it is literally the sign that they are trying to foment violence. They want people dead, right? That it's you. You are to interpret that literally. However, when folks on the left are screaming, "No justice, no peace," as they burn and loot cities, simply metaphorical. Okay, that's not a literal. Do not take their rhetoric literally, even though they're engaging in non-peaceful behavior. They're not calling for non-peaceful behavior when they call for non-peaceful behavior. That should be very clear at this point. now. Okay. I uh, just wanted to make sure I set the record straight. So according to Terry McAuliffe, it's Glenn Youngkin who has turned our school boards into war zones. It's all about this critical race theory, which is not taught in Virginia. Spoiler alert, it actually is. Who says so? The Virginia Department of Education website. Oops. <laughs> Terry McAuliffe's repeated claims that the curriculum is not taught in Virginia, shall we say, not true. On the Virginia Department of Ed website, several examples of the department promoting critical race theory can be found, including a presentation from 2015, which is when McAuliffe was governor. And the presentation encourages teachers to, quote, this is a direct quote, Embrace critical race theory in order to re-engineer attitudes and belief systems. But don't worry, Terry McAuliffe assures us this is not part of any curriculum, despite the fact his Department of Ed explicitly calls for it to be part of the curriculum. We'll get into more of this up next after news on News Talk 1110 99.3 WBT.